Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you as always is Bob, live in the lounge staring at the Ouija board. I'm super stoked. I'm just going to be right up front and tell you guys um, that I, this is the second time actually we recorded the podcast with my <laughs> guests. What happened was basically, uh, I was excited the last time, okay? I was very excited <laughs> and I was using headphones that I thought were just straight up headphones, but little did I know that those headphones were in fact with a microphone, which is used for games. So it didn't show up in my aggregate device. So people out there who are in the audio, you understand what I'm talking about. You have, you know, inputs, whatever, big mistakes. So we recorded like a 30, 40 minute great podcast and it'll never be seen because I messed up and I'm going to be honest about my mistake <laughs> right away at the front here. So going back through time and talking about this band, like, uh, you know, one of the band members I went to high school with, he's a great guy. I absolutely love him. He's been on the show before and he's actually recorded an epic long podcast with me which uh i think was the long-standing um champion for a while as far as time goes uh but we've always been friends and we've always enjoyed um things of you know the same sort one of them is bass guitar and you know i mean being in bands and also you know being in a band right now is a kind of a difficult thing you know what i mean i mean right off the bat i mean I heard the news tonight and they're talking about vaccines and it's so hard to think about like what your life's going to be like when the vaccine is here and when you finally plug in on stage and start playing music. And I couldn't be more stoked to bring back everybody because I feel like I know them now and it's not like so much I have to like reintroduce them. So we're going to get right into it. But that being said, please welcome to the show Hex Engine. We got Dr. Johnson, we got Ron Adam, we got Drew Campbell and we got Bob Miloski. Did I say it right, Bob? That's correct. Bob, you say it's fine. It's all good. How are you guys doing, man? It's good to see you again. Good to see you again, Bob. Doing good. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm sorry about that blunder the last time. The audio was all messed up, but, you know. <laughs> what are you going to do? Show business. I know. Uh, we had a lot of great moments in there, and, you know, I mean, it'll never be heard, but, hey, that's, that's just how it goes. One of the things, I, I feel like I'm more prepared this time. I feel like I'm more, uh, you know, Conan O'Brien, David Letterman, you know, I've got a few cards this time here on the side, so I'm going to reference them right now. I looked up, you know, the band name's Hex Engine, right? So breaking apart the name, I used to do that a lot in high school. Like I would look up, you know, like I remember one time, like for two and a half weeks, I was trying to find out what the meaning of Pearl Jam was. Never really did, but Hex Engine. The word hex means to cast a spell upon and engine means to power into motion. So with the word hex to cast a spell, does any of the band members practice any of the dark arts? <laughs> Anybody out there? I, mean, I, guess, there's so. no, I guess there's no comment on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm striking out right off the bat. Like basically, I don't think I asked the first time, where did you guys come up with the band name? Um, I mean, it was a lot of debate, honestly. Um, you go through the process of writing music, and then you're like, well, now we need a band name. And you go through the list of, of everything you can come up with that are all, everything's taken. And what we really wanted to land on in terms of a name was something that kind of reflected the sound a little bit, which is uh, very heavy, uh, heavily oriented on groove. Um, and that's sort of like a mechanical chugging to that. That's sort of the idea of the engine part. But everything sort of comes off a little bit dark in tonality. So we wanted to kind of uh, sort of marry the, the, the mystical and the mechanical together. And that sort of was the genesis of Hex Engine as a name. Now, that was a very definitive answer, okay? <laughs> we didn't think we were going to get a good one, but we got a great one there. And that really kind of like, you know, encapsulates what the band's like. You, there's a link below here in the podcast. You guys can check out their music. Um, 
they also, um, you know, you guys were forming, just getting the, the engine all oiled up, like right before COVID hit, right? Yeah, yeah, we were getting ready to go into the uh, the studio right before when COVID hit, and that kind of gave us like a, a nice three month delay before we could record anything. But it's kind of like you know, I was thinking too, like yeah, before the podcast tonight, like you know, you guys forming like that under such duress, but also at the same time, it had to be kind of comforting in the way to know that you have this new thing that you're creating on the side. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guys are some of you guys have families. You know, it's very hard to you know juxtapose your art sometimes against your family life or your job and stuff like that but music really helps with all that and especially if you're somebody who can create it how often do you guys get together and practice once a week actually it's like uh once every two weeks it's sometimes a little bit longer depending on uh schedules and uh <laughs> quarantine hiatuses and yeah <laughs> that nature yeah so it's it's we, we try to do it for two weeks i don't think we we had like at one point we were doing maybe once every two three weeks but two weeks is a pretty good uh, estimate i mean it's a it's it, it definitely gives you some time to let the, the music breathe and let us to you know develop what you know what we're creating so it's a you know it's, a, it's an interesting time with this uh with this band right now i bet you guys can't wait to to get it going you know what i mean like i, I it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon I, I mean like entertainment right now is going through such different uh i mean like i just read tonight that like i think maybe like 20 of warner brothers films are going straight to hbo max at the same time so like all of them major, going out next year yeah so all so four will come out in movie theaters but also come yeah. out on the same day as hbo max be on hbo max for a month then it'll only be available in theaters. And then I guess they'll have like a traditional rollout with like a Blu-ray. So, I mean, like if that's what's going on with film, I know we're going to be inside of a stadium or a venue or even, you know, a small, you know, bar to see a band properly. It's just, it, I, I don't know. I really don't know. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm COVID out to be honest with you. I'm, I'm so tired. Of well, talking. now that you put it that way, we're breaking up the band tonight. That's yeah, it. that's it. <laughs> it's a dark podcast. <laughs> a really dark, sour note we're going to end on. I mean, we're going to introduce you to Hex Engine and then say goodbye to Hex Engine permanently. <laughs> I think, though, that when it is safe, though, people will have all the reason to go out and to celebrate, you know what I mean? And to like have a good time. Like, I was looking at a picture tonight of myself at a crowded bar. It's a bar in Kajakin called The Boathouse, and they used to have it, well, I think they still do, but it, who knows, Wing It Wednesday. And just to be in a bar standing like right next to your friends, you know, drunk, you know, having the time of your life, it's like it's been so long and it's so weird that like I never thought that like that would be something in my lifetime that I would miss, you know what I mean? But also like I'm going through a lot of changes, guys, since the last time that we've had this podcast, right? I'm, I'm trying to go out and get a job right now, right? So like getting a job online is very interesting. I came across lots of personality questions. And during this week, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great to actually ask some of these personality questions to Hex Engine here tonight on the podcast? So I've written some of them down. <laughs> oh, I'm going to uh, just, I'm going to, basically, these are all personality questions that major corporations will ask you, you know, to kind of find out what type of person you are. You know what I mean? Sociopaths, like psychopath. Yeah. And there's so many like, ways to go about this. So I thought it'd be interesting to actually have a conversation about this because lots of times people don't like really comment on these types of <laughs> questions. You know, like case in point, question number one. And uh, whoever chimes in first, you know, actually, 
who we haven't heard from Drew yet. So Drew, I'm going to delegate. I'm going to go to you. Throw me on the spot. spot. Here we go. Drew. Now I just imagine I am like a, a corporate conglomerate company right now, Fortune 500. Right. And I'm thinking about hiring a long hair like yourself. Okay. <laughs> a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Dude. A lot of pressure, dude. Drew. Given the fact that our company will give you two weeks of paid vacation, we're curious. What is your ideal vacation? Is it A, going to the beach, B, mountains, C, cross-country road trip, or D, camping? I'm going to say the easy choice for me is going to the mountains. I mean, the people love the beach, but I mean, I've had my fair share of fun times at the beach, but too sandy you know i get too hot and sticky give me the mountains give me a nice yeah i don't there. think you're gonna be getting the job because basically there's mountain folk you can't trust sorry we'll have to <laughs> i mean like I, think of those, like I mean like think about it though i mean drew like what is the right answer and what's the wrong answer here if you're somebody who's reviewing this test does the beach mean that you're into um corporate america and you're more likely to buy more consumer products and going to the mountains means yeah. that you're more into Consuming less, you know what I mean? Like, yep. <laughs> cross-country road trip, are you a stinking hippie who's going to do a whole bunch of drugs while discovering the, the rest of the, the land? Or straight camping. The same and go with camping. Yeah. Like, what's the difference really between the mountains? I don't know. But regardless, though, it's, it's weird when you dissect them. The Question correct two. answer is don't take a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Question number two for Bob. Bob. And uh, I don't know what you do for a living, but it's best that you don't tell me right now. So that way we can just decipher this stuff for ourselves. Fair enough. But if you face a problem at work, what do you do? A, do you ask for help? B, do you delegate the task to somebody else? Or C, do you research potential solutions? Well, where do I see myself in 10 years? I see myself taking your <laughs> Uh, my answer in reality would be C. Um, Research potential solutions. I, Bob, you're hired, dude. All right. The jihad type thing you got going on back there, the, the apocalypse. I love it. We're not, we're going to overlook that in the company. Oh, this is, this is dope smoker from sleep. <laughs> I got my sleep background. <laughs> I'm with the dope smokers, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the right answer would be that. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, like a, a company, I guess, maybe would want you to ask for help, but they also would want you to research. I don't know. I mean, asking for help kind of is using the internet in today's world, I guess, right? Anyway, we're moving that on. Question is a, the, 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 que the question is a little more straightforward than mine, isn't it? That's not really fair. I mean, that's just the thing with these tests. Uh, and like, uh, I guess so. That I'm encountering, there is so many questions that are rephrased the same way, which, you know, plays with your mind because you're like, wait, did I answer that correctly? Like, in 15 questions ago and there's so many of them by the way too there's like a hundred of them because it's like you have to get through the guillotine of you know potential employment to like basically you know prove your worth dr johnson in the place to be okay. and this actually one is an open-ended question so sometimes you know they're they're not multiple do you find it easy to make new friends i find it easy to make acquaintances i find it hard to make lifelong friends you know i you got the job a <laughs> b it's a great segue into something that i've been talking about here on my show right like we, we're all kind of the same age you know what i mean like isn't it strange 
that, you know, at a certain point in your life, and there really is no numerical value to it as to when it actually happens, but it's just the moment in time where you no longer make friends. <laughs> you just can't. It's just not physically possible as an adult with like a family to go out and meet new friends, you know what I mean? And then if you do want to make a new friend, you can kind of come off being, you know, uh, creepy, you know what I mean? Get that rapey vibe, yeah. I was listening to uh, KYW 1060 the other day, and it's great for when you want to fill the void and not listen to holiday music or whatever. And they were talking about a survey about how men aren't getting together anymore to male bond, like with their weekly poker games and stuff like that. So they're meeting online and now they're for the first time, they're starting to talk about their feelings. And I was just thinking to myself, wow, KYW, like how long did it take to come up with this headline? <laughs> uh, Ron, here's a great question that an employer would want to know, obviously, because it's going to reveal a lot about your potential, you know, just possibilities within our company. What was your favorite childhood game growing up? Definitely something indoors. Uh, gonna have to go Mario <laughs> 3. I could probably still beat that in my sleep. Okay, so this is another great segue into another tangent here on the podcast. Mario 3. Is Mario 3 the one with, with the, the tail, the raccoon tail? Flying raccoon yes. tail, yeah. Yeah, so that game was specifically a lot different in its structure. I remember when it came out, it felt different when you played it. Like, and I remember having several nightmares as a kid because it was so challenging to beat that game. Uh, has anybody seen the, I believe it's debuting, I think this week or in the next couple of weeks, the Super Mario World they built? Have you seen that? Like it's an exact replica. And I think it's a, a Japanese theme park that's coming out. But yeah, I guess like the wrong answer would not be uh, Super Mario 3. The wrong answer would be like, I guess like, I don't know. Like I mean, hunting neighborhood pets or something. <laughs> like well, I mean, like, I, like when I think, okay, like childhood games. Yeah, there's two different types of games. Obviously, I played guns a lot, right? But I'm still potentially, you know, I have never actually owned a real gun, but I played guns all the time. But I'm saying, like, childhood games. Like, I remember playing, um, like, uh, Mr. Game Show was a game that we played. It was like the first robot. Uh, what was that one game though? It was like uh, Crossfire. Do you guys remember that game? It was like yes. ball you shot around. I don't know what a company would want to know about a game, you know what I mean? But it is what it is. Uh, next question, it's just going to throw it up there. It also probably would reveal like what you would do with your time off with their company. Uh, what's your ideal Sunday? Football. I was, go, I was waiting for Bob to talk. Bob, <laughs> you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, right? You're darn right. Yeah, and I don't know how I picked that up because I completely forgot about that. But now, I, just for some reason, when you said football, I thought that. Well, I had the last time we did the my yeah. background. I have the Terry Bradshaw that's, sign. Yeah, that's where. Yeah, you know, we watched the game yesterday, right? Wasn't it great to have? Yeah, absolutely. Football? Like I think. Not really. I was trying to work. It's in the middle oh, of the you day. Weren't with them. And the mm -hmm. game was terrible, so it was a real bummer. But you know, it was great to have yeah, a, a football game on a Wednesday, though. You know what I mean? Like to switch it up. You know, I mean Sundays are great and stuff like that. But I feel like. You can never get everything into a Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Well, you miss so many games. It's, you know, there's no, only so much time in a day. Yeah. And COVID's probably – it's going to probably tear apart a couple more teams before it's all over, you know? That's a wreck. But, yeah, I'm answering all these questions online. I'm just like – you know, and, like, some of them are for, like, video editing. And it's like, why do you want to know what my favorite childhood game was? All I'm doing is compiling video footage together. You know what I mean? Like, how about ask to see, like, my videos instead of asking about, like, you know – if it's easy for me to make friends. Um, 
Hex Engine, you know, the it's great to, to have you guys back on the show. Once again, apologies for the first time, but I mean, like when you listen to the, you know, the demo and stuff like that, you can feel that there's a lot of energy in the room. Like when you guys play, I can imagine like um, the songwriting process in general though, is, is it shared by everybody or is one person really bring uh, all the music to the table? It's pretty open-ended. Um, I think everybody has written at least one song at this point in some way, shape or form. Um, this is the first band where the drummer also writes guitar parts. <laughs> so we have uh, so a few of the heavier songs are stuff that actually originated with uh, riffs Bob came up with. Um, but like everyone's written something and they all kind of fell in the, in the same vibe too. So it's it kind of cool. It's, it's been a really collaborative project more than uh, many, many things I've been involved with in the past. Bob, it's interesting that you do that. Uh... Dave Grohl came to Kurt Cobain when they were recording in utero with the drum beat and guitar riff for uh, Serve the Servants, I believe. It's either that or Sentence the Prentice. I always mix them up. So potentially, Bob, you could be the next Dave Grohl. Let's not utter my name in the same <laughs> sentence as Dave Grohl. Is that... <laughs> did, you, did you guys play on Saturday Night Live? I'm sorry? Did you see uh, Foo Fighters play on Saturday Night Live? Yes, we did. I did. I didn't see it. No, unfortunately. It's a song that they came up with. It's like a brand new one. It's like different for them in a way. You know, it's not the same formula, you know? Um, yeah, without a doubt. Um, a band, you know, an engine sometimes, you know, can be built upon um, several different components. You know what I mean? Obviously, an employer wouldn't ask this, but I would like to know from each of you, what is your favorite album of all time? You got to pick one right now and in your brain, just go with the first answer. Don't decipher. Don't go through the contemplation of this one or that. Just give it to me. We're going to go with Drew first. Uh, first one that comes to my head is Zeppelin Four, or the Untitled, or Zozo, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's got it's got everything that I would ever want in a rock and roll album. Bob, perfect. All right. I can't. If you when you said that, two popped in my head. One of them is actually over my shoulder right now yeah. welcome to sky valley by caius yeah um the second one would have to be enema by tool johnson it was uh the doors in concert album it was the live album that, that's the first thing that popped in my head ron bad company by bad company nice killer album so yeah i mean like all those albums are so classic you know what i mean and uh you can see definitely like you know how it molds all the different styles of like you know what the band hex engine sounds like you can see for yourself or listen for yourself below um is it crazy too like how those albums like i mean let me give you guys much time you did a really good job on that i've asked other people on the show and it's been dead air for like a few moments and you know um those albums they come back in your life a lot uh for me um led zeppelin always does that i always come back to led zeppelin you know it's like this weird thing where like the Beatles too. It's a weird, it's like having like a musical mistress or something like that. You know what I mean? Like you don't see the Beatles for like seven, eight months and all of a sudden they just pop the head in and they say, Hey Bobby, you want to come for another ride? It's like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> but it's weird how those albums come back and then they have different, like, you know, you build different memories with them, you know, but with Zeppelin, I think for me, it's Zeppelin too. And it's like so many different times in my life listening to the opening, you know, tracks and stuff like that it just sticks with you. And also, too, it's hard not to, like, replicate that stuff. Bob, you know, because you're a drummer, it's so hard not to uh, – like, you want your own chops, you know what I mean? You want to sound unique. 
And as a drummer, I, I find that, um, I mean, like, let's face it, I mean, Led Zeppelin really didn't create anything new. They were just rehashing the blues, you know what I mean? In a way that was completely profound, obviously, but, you know, they were doing their own thing. And Bonham, too. I think Bonham actually um, fessed up to, uh, I forget the drummer's name that he idolized, but he was basically just copying lines from Bonham. Uh, Carmen Apice, I think. Is, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. Carmen that's how you last name. Yeah, yeah he, both, he did a lot of that. Podcast on that. It was really interesting how like Bonham was like, you know, what were you saying, Bob? Well, he, he actually admitted to Carmen a piece that he, he stole a couple, you know, the, the, the bass drum triplet that he played, he got famous for, he, he admitted to Carmen that he stole that from Carmen. And Carmen was like, uh, I never did that. And Bonham actually said, no, here it was. And it was actually just a flub that Carmen had done in one song. And Bonham turned it into like his signature move. I didn't know that. Yeah. I love stuff like that. I love listening or reading books like about, uh, I love band bios and stuff like that. Are you guys fans of uh, rock bios? My my favorite is uh, Henry Rollins, the black, black flag, get in the van. That's one of my favorites. It's like a, it's like a, like it's a day by day journal written by Rollins of, of him uh, getting in the band with Black Flag and hitting each, you know, different concert venue. It was, it was it's phenomenal. If you get a chance to read it, I, that's one of my favorite, like, rock kind of bio. Not a yeah, bio. I was into his writing. Were you saying, Ryan? Not a bio thing, but something I think is worth it. Henry Rollins really jogs my, my brain or whatever about these things. So uh, if you ever have free time, go online and watch old videos of uh, Glenn Danzig being interviewed because he yeah. hates everybody and it's amazing <laughs> he does he <laughs> does to him just drag Sinead O'Connor like every man at the time he's like I don't know they're all weak they're terrible <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> he so was much great. honesty and vitriol it's, it's the best what about you Drew the last book I actually read was the Lemmy autobiography oh wow which if, if you like uh, if you like Lemmy and you want to read 200 pages of him, him rambling that's pretty much what it is but it's awesome Every page is really, really cool. Bob? Uh, I mean, the last thing I've read about a band really is Hammer of the Gods. You know, I mean, I, I grew up a huge, everything was Zeppelin, Zeppelin, Zeppelin. I, I learned to play drums by basically waking up every morning and playing like physical graffiti. Yeah. You know, I'd get up before school and play that front to back to learn how to play the drums. So anything about, you know, Zeppelin to me is always amazing. Yeah, you know, I... I, the book I would recommend is uh, Scar Tissue by Anthony Kiedis. At one time, they were going to make it into an HBO TV show, which would have been phenomenal, but um, they didn't, it never got greenlit. Come, that makes me think, too, Bob. Uh, you know, like, where's the Led Zeppelin movie? Where's the Hammer of the Gods film? Like, <laughs> yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody film. But I, I, can you imagine if they gave like, a rated R version of Led Zeppelin? As I say, I don't think you can make that. You can't make that in this day and age. You couldn't no, make it. I mean, like, <laughs> that would be such a great film too, like to to see. And uh, has anybody here uh, in the chat? Did you guys ever get a chance to see um, Page Plant together? Did no. you ever see? I, I saw him. I saw him in '99, and I swear it's top three concerts in my lifetime. Just I sat behind the stage looking at them because they let people fill in the round. To me, it looked like a concert in the early '70s. You know, they didn't look like it. they were young too. This is 20 years ago, but I mean. Yeah. I still can't believe that they didn't get back together after that Atlantic Records um, anniversary gig. It was just like, what? Like, you know, but that just shows you some people don't have to, you know, cash out again, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, 
it's just, it, it is what it is, you know, and that's what, it, you know, how, how it goes. Reunion tours are a mess sometimes. I mean, it's never as good as how you make it in your head, I think, but I, yeah, I, I, uh, I really want to see Led Zeppelin film without a doubt. Our hard yeah, art. I don't know how you can do any <laughs> of the, the after party footage. <laughs> we, uh, we shouldn't like go like really too far down the rabbit's hole, but let's see if we can do some uh, fantasy casting for Robert Plant. I would go with, oh, what's the actor's name? What's his name? Uh, he played uh, Sabretooth in the X-Men films. Lee, Lee Shriver? Yeah, Lee Shriver is Robert Plant. <laughs> I was going to. Think about this, though. You need actors to become the person. Jimmy Page. Give me Paul Rubin. Paul Rubin. Pee Wee Herman. I'm trying to use the phone. Uh, John Bonham. Oh, you know who'd be great as John Bonham is uh, John C. Riley. Boss on the drum. <laughs> I can see it. Dr. Okay. Steve Frill. <laughs> Uh, did you guys see the the Dirt, the Motley Crue film? Yeah, I, I did. Did, any, did anybody ever read the, the book's phenomenal as compared yeah. to the movie? The movie's a microcosm of like what it could have been, but I mean, that's a really interesting band story. I mean, I imagine somewhere out there there's like a really boring band story that has never been made, like the Better Than Ezra movie or something like that, or uh, Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> you remember, remember Thousand Maniacs? Yes. What, remember how big they were? Like they were like in everybody's living room. Yeah. I remember on Christmas, everybody was buying that CD and then just nothing. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> uh, there's so many bands like that that I just feel like they, they were in and they were out, you know what I mean? Like so quickly, you know? I, I recall I recall as a kid growing up and every week they were trying to anoint the next great band. And to me, the one that sticks out in my head is how they were brought out as geniuses. And Frankie goes to Hollywood. Remember, relax. And yeah. I can remember for a month being hit over the head with every major outlet saying how they were like the next genius band. And you never heard from them again. <laughs> yeah, I felt that way about um, the band MGMT. They had a really big right. single. Yeah. And then they, the, they, the next thing they released sounded like Muppets, like tuning up instruments it was so bad <laughs> and it was it was such a weird thing too because it was like i thought they were like on track to be like you two or something like that and now they're just yeah. you know they're playing the b stage though which is odd it's weird how a band can do that too like uh also too with greta van fleet speaking of like zeppelin i guess remember when greta van fleet first popped onto the scene everyone's like it's yeah. the new zeppelin oh, and how yeah. quickly that you couldn't, get, you couldn't get tickets for concerts for them it was they would sell out like crazy and then they just disappeared. Like they just really, after their second album, actually after their first, they had a second one, but they really just kind of fell off. Uh, they the did. Last, yeah, the last 20 years of modern rock have been a struggle to say the yeah. least. It's hard to find bands that have more than one or two, uh, you know, good singles, let alone albums. I mean, how many bands from, in the last 20 years, just go through your head, like how many bands emerged from 2000 to now and have like career longevity, like maybe I don't know, like the Killers, the White Stripes, and I was going to really say White Stripes. Stuff. I mean, Jack's pretty good like that. The Killers, White Stripes. I I, I was going to say the Strokes until I saw them on Saturday Night Live a few weeks oh, ago. Oh, they were brutal. 
That, like, they look like they were like so tired, man. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, have a coffee before the, you know? Maybe they all had strokes. What are you doing? <laughs> it was so bad. I, I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, huh? But you are right there, Ron, that it's very hard for a band to have longevity in, in today's, um, you know. Because there's no money to be made, so you really can't support yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is. Yeah, it's a sad thing, too, because it's like nobody ever thought that would happen. Right. You know what I, mean? I was thinking, you know, like I actually wrote this down in the notes. And I'm like, you know, like it's a good point, actually, to like bring it close to it, too. It's like, it's like you know, we're, music is so you can get on your phone, you can get it anywhere, you get in your car, you go anywhere. Imagine like, you know. I watch this show on Netflix a lot called Alone. You go out in the woods, you spend time by yourself. You know, like imagine like what society was like thousands of years ago and never hear music. Like, like in your lifetime, like what do you think it was? Day one, day two, you heard music as a baby? Imagine like going like 13, 14 years and being a teenager for the first time and hearing somebody play an instrument. You know what I mean? Like it had to have a special value to it. And I never thought, you know, like it's weird to think that like it, you know, could just go away like after so many hundreds of years as it being something that's like not valued anymore right i mean something to think about it's strange i think that's sort of like a crucible for performers though because if you're if you're working on original music right now you really really have to have a burning desire to do it because there is no outside motivation like your window for fame money popularity whatever is so, so teeny tiny that, you know, the only thing you can be, be doing, the only reason why you, you want to be writing music is because you have to, there's something you have to get out. Um, and I think that's when you see some of the best stuff happen when there's no reason to create it, just, you know, beyond, beyond you have to get this thing out of your head and you have a bunch of like-minded people who have the same kind of mentality about it. An engine. Bob, what's yeah. that new background cover? That back Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. It's so small on the screen, but now I see it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I like how you're, you're giving us the greatest hits on your, on your, uh, your green yeah, screen. Yeah, I'm kind of just, I figured I'd have some fun with the backgrounds because uh, last time, you know, I kind of looked at the back and I saw my junk. So I'm like, I'd have some fun tonight. You know, it's funny. Since the last time that we podcast, um, the last time I do recall talking about Drew's poster for um, the X-Files and in that, month or so that you know we haven't seen each other the monoliths start appearing everywhere which has piqued my interest lately all <laughs> right it's weird right like so like somebody uh, i talked to thinks that it could be like a you know publicity for a movie or a new tv show coming out or something like that other people think it's a banksy like character i was just in, interested in seeing what you guys think it is i actually think it's christian he was a little upset about the the yeah. last podcast not going so yeah. well <laughs> So he just wanted to get attention. Yeah, Bob. <laughs> that's good. That's probably, yeah, like, I mean, like, that's really, like, you know, art therapy right there, creating something. <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting, though, that that's, uh, you know, now a thing. And also, tell me, I've talked about this on my show. It's like, you know, a couple months ago, like, they did come out and basically said aliens are, in fact, real, and nobody seemed to care. They were just like, whatever, man, COVID, you know what I mean? I got to wear a mask. Who cares about aliens? You 2020. Know? 2020, whatever, you know, but I mean, the, the possibility of, you know, I just think it's interesting that somebody or something could take the time to do that. You know what I mean? It's weird how people pay attention to stuff like that. 
It's going to be so depressing if it's some kind of like viral advertising for like Heinz ketchup or something. Oh, <laughs> it's the new Pepsi ad. Oh my God. <laughs> I saw somebody, uh, it was like the, the signs for the Southwest, like flights and stuff like that, usually are like silver uh, boxes, but who knows? I mean, the fact that they keep appearing and disappearing, you know, it, it, it makes the headlines. I think the last time, we didn't have an election the last time. I think it was like heating up the last time and it was such a different vibe, right? Because like, we were unhinged. We didn't know what was next, you know? But here we are, same thing kind of, you know what I mean? I heard Trump's going to be wrong. I heard he's coming Still back. Still pretty unhinged. Just 2024, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. So tell me, guys, what's next for Hex Engine? Uh, we're writing right now. Um, we have gone back. We've got about, I think, three or four good popcorn kernels that have started to pop. Um, I'm excited about the new stuff too. I felt it feels like the last batch of songs were very much. Um, dismal end of days type music and now it's sort of like we're approaching the fallout after in internality with the music so it's it's pretty cool stuff it must have been odd to be creating end of the world music and then the end of the world actually happened <laughs> yeah it felt weird like a lot of everything that you hear in the demo we wrote well before the pandemic but like when we recorded it and, and heard it back it just sounded like oh did we just <laughs> It is this weird prophetic thing of like, oh God, this is way too fitting. We, we yeah. literally wrote the soundtrack to 2020 back a year ago. <laughs> uh, well, I'm super stoked to hear the new stuff and I'm, I'm, we're, we're going to do this show. Uh, we talked about it last time, but I should say for, for this show, uh, you guys were going to be on top of the world at the Whole Foods rooftop and it just all fell apart. You know, it's such a weird thing, but um, maybe 2022, I don't know if it's going to happen in June, but we'll see. You know what I mean? But I wish the best to you guys, and I'm pretty sure that this podcast did go off properly. The audio is intact this time. We sound fine. Yeah, I appreciate you guys great. taking time out of your busy schedules to come back and to make this happen. Um, I've never had this much technical errors within one group, which means basically you guys are destined for success because <laughs> I've never had this much uh, error in my, uh, in my body. But I appreciate you guys, and I appreciate uh, you, Johnson, as well, for being uh, you know in my life for what? 40 years you were there at birth right you were uh, i think so yeah you're we <laughs> you in the room um but yeah happy holidays to everybody you know be safe COVID 19 whatever you know looking forward to seeing hex engine live uh definitely go check out their music down below my name is bob and this has been another episode of bobcast thanks bob